Welcome to everyone. We trust that this morning will be a blessing to each one's heart. As we're just going to step in and just have a bit of a lounge discussion, uh, a few sessions of this, just practically speaking of the times that we're in, what we're going, what we're facing, some people's hearts, experiences. Um, and I think before we start, let's just start off with a prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, that you are so in control. And Lord, that in this season, that we can lean towards you and that we can trust you. Father, that our hearts are set upon you. And Lord, even in the times where some of us feel so insecure, some of us are uncertain of how things are going to play out, we want to ask, Holy Spirit, that you will encourage our hearts, that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us an experience as you have done with the beginning of the church so that there would be a rise in our midst, that people will step up and that they will seek you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So in short, this is um, take one or the first week where we, we, we're just going to jump in and make it a bit relevant. We're not going to preach uh, just a normal sermon, but we, we, we're just going to step out there and discuss all these things that's going on and what, what we are experiencing and also what we believe the Lord is saying. So I'm going to jump into it and then I'm going to open it up for everyone just to participate. Um, I was spending some time with the Lord and um, I was challenged by the idea, and I'm going to read you the scripture in Matthew 4, where it was the temptation of Jesus. And then the Lord took me back to, to, to the garden where, of, of Eden where um, Adam and Eve were. But let's, I'm just going to read, read to you Matthew 4 verse 1 says, And then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he'd gone um, without food for 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus replied, It is written, um, and forever remains written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And then the devil took him into the holy city, Jerusalem, and placed him on the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple. And he said mockingly to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for this is written. And he will command his angels concerning you to serve, care, for, protect, and watch over you. And they will lift you up on their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, and forever remains written, you shall not test the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, splendor, magnificence, and excellence of them. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written and forever remains written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and the angels came and ministered to him, bringing him food and serving him. So as I read through this portion of Scripture, there was a lot that confronted me in the first place, and I'm just going to point out the two of them, and then I'm going to open it up. The, the first one was the fact that the devil was busy speaking the word, challenging Jesus by, by the authority of the word. He was, in, in, in a sense... Um, Jesus is the word that was in the beginning. But again, we see that the devil was confronted. And that's what I basically see in church. I see in church that a lot of people are confronted with word. And it's, it's as if the devil is playing word in our, 
inner being and creating fear, uncertainty, insecurity concerning the times where we are going. And once again, I saw it with, with the devil and Jesus. The second thing that was very uh, noticeable for me was the fact that this whole thing, how the devil keeps on challenging the, the sonship of Jesus. And I believe that there's something in the church that's happening where, where, where people need to fix their hearts on the fact that we are sons, that we have a father, a loving and a kind and a good, good father, and that God wants to restore. And um, that in this time that I believe that God really just wants to do something so unique in our midst, but we need to be open. And then another thing that, that struck me was the fact that um, the, the devil was, uh, uh, what, what was that now? Okay, let's, let's jump into those two points. I'll come back to that thought now, which I've just lost. Amen. Um, I think, the, as Pastor said, the one thing that is really challenging me is the fact that Jesus was able to be tempted. And I think that's something that, that I mean, we experience as humans, that many people experience as Christians in this time, is, is almost the humanity side of, of our emotions, the, the side of our humanity, that, that we, almost is, we are in that position where we feel weak. We feel tempted. We f when we find ourselves, we are crying. We are, we are emotional. We are um, discouraged. We, so it's, it's, uh, I think the exact same thing that Jesus went through is, is a lot of what the church is going through in this times. This uncertainty of, of like the, the, the enemy attacking the humanness of the, the humanity side of us as Christians. Where, where we really find ourselves to, to struggle, to, to get out of that place of, of what we feel and what we, um, um, so I think one of the questions that I have and one of the things that I struggle with is, should we embrace our humanity side? Like almost be honest about the fact that we are weak, honest about the fact that we, we need Jesus or honest about the fact that we are tempted, uh, that we are emotional, that we are broken. I think many Christians, especially as, as charismatics, we play the charismatic card and we, pr we try to be over spiritual and, and, and deny the fact that as Jesus was tempted in his flesh, so we are also going to be uh, uh, tried and tempted and tested on the, on the fact that we are human. So I think the thing that I struggle with and I think many people can relate to us is how do, we, um, how do we come to grips with the fact that we are human? Do we embrace it or do we just shy away from it and... and uh, uh, um, and only go into prayer, only go into the word, or do we, do we actually just recognize, listen, we have, there's a place in our lives where we are tempted, tested, tried, we can cry, we are human, and, and, and what is the result of that? Does it push us away from God, or does it actually create more intimacy with God because we are honest about it? Amen. Um, if I can just answer uh, with regards to what you just said, um, I think Jesus gave an example already for us. Um, he stood fast. Um, he stood his ground. He, um, he knew the Bible inside and out because he was the word. Um, and I think we can simplify it for ourselves if we just look at this piece that Pastor Matthias read. Um, he, the devil came. He told Jesus, A, B, and C, and Jesus said, no, 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 
I will stand within what God has given me, where God has placed me, the stance that God has given me. Um, that's, that's my short uh, reply to what you said. I know it, it goes deeper and there's a lot of um, um, hooks and crannies you can go into, but the short, quick answer that came up um, in my heart was Jesus already did it. He was in that space and time fully human. He was tempted, but he didn't let the temptation take him over. Um, so we can look at that example and see that that is the way we should go without being spooky spiritual about it. Just the plain facts that the devil came, he tempted him, and um, Jesus resisted. He didn't even give a, a big lofty speech. He just quoted a quick scripture and said, no, this is not the way it's going to be. The thing that, that is, that's um, touched my heart just concerning the portion of scripture that we are reading, and I really believe it, that's the struggle that's within the church at this stage, is it's that it's word battling word being out of context and that's what the devil did from the beginning he was not contextualizing what god really meant he was challenging god's authority by um, misrepresenting scripture or misquoting scripture and then challenging god's authority and that's what i really believe what god needs to do in this season in the churches god needs to put sound judgment and discernment in our midst so that we are able to see and taste that God is good, that we will know and see the character of God. I mean, the, the Bible makes a statement. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And yet we see that he's speaking about the man Jesus, which I believe was 100% God, but he, he was living as 100%. He chose to live not as God, but as man. He functioned as man. He gave us an example of how to live, how to stand up, how to, 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 to um, speak against the devil, how to address these things, how to stand up for truth and for life. And I want to read a portion of scripture just in Hebrews 4. It says, Inasmuch then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession of the faith and cling anxiously to our absolute trust in Him as our Savior. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in a time of need an appropriate blessing coming just as at just at the right moment and what i believe what um uh, the writer of hebrews was trying to communicate to us is the fact that it speaks about how jesus could relate with all these things he was tempted he knows exactly what we are going through now i want to tell, tell you in this season um, where there's very few answers we are in the season of the mouth the dispensation of the mouth according to the hebrew calendar and i really believe that god wants the church to speak up speak out declare make certain manifestations known uh, uh, trust and lean back in god in declaring the word of god for the season and i want to challenge you at home 
to become more acquainted with the Holy Spirit, to sit and spend time in the Word of God, read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, bring your, your, your mind into obedience to what God is communicating through Scripture and through the revealing of the Holy Spirit to you and your family so that you would be obedient and reap the reward in this season. And that's really how I believe that the righteous shall live by faith is not the fact that we've got everything sorted and so figured out and right, but the fact that we, we lean back into Christ knowing that He's paid the full price and that everything will work out for our good. Amen. Does that make sense? Great. I think out of a... Um to get back to the humanity side, the human side of our nature, is where Paul also stated that I will rather boast in my weaknesses. So, um, and I think it, it ties in with the Psalms where David does not run away from his human side, but actually he presents it to God. And it says that in, in multiple scriptures, it says that the Lord heard my cries and he delivered me. And um, after that, David um, stated the promises. He proclaimed the promises that's in the Word, although the situation was different. And I think that brings the humility, and also it brings the mercy of God down to us. Um, because no God knows our frame. He knows that we are made out of dust. So I think the charismatic side of the things where... We also want, we, normally we want to give the right answer and we are afraid to show our weaknesses. But I think it's a, it's a perfect opportunity for the community to comfort each other in our weaknesses and pray for deliverance. I think what you are saying, Alti, is very important that we should realize that the church has not stopped. We might not have church services at church yet, but the church was never intended to be about a building. It was about a community of, of believers that stood up. And where they are, Christ are in their midst. We two or more agree in His name, there Christ is in our midst. That the church, as we come together, it's still a place where we come to bring and, and bless and help others. Um, the idea of church should not cease for one moment in your house because we, it's not difficult to discern that we're in the end times. We are literally, we've entered those days, a few years ago, if you asked me, when will Jesus come back, I would have said 200 years. I really believe we've entered those days where things are escalating at a rapid um, pace. We can see uh, all these things going around, irrelevant if there's a dark state, uh, the, the whole coronavirus, everything, how, how governments are, are busy deceiving people, leading the church on their nose. We can see all these um, ungodly things that's going around all, uh, all around us. But I think it's very important for the church to have a stand in this season. And the stand, what, they, what the, the world is trying to, to deny us is to get together or to come close to one another. Um, it, it's trying to, to push us further away so that there won't be com communion between us. And that's so part of the, the whole... Um, essence of what we do is the fact that we need to be close we need to be close to our loved ones that we respond and work best when we are loved and appreciated and our gifts function the whole body come together as one 
And in a certain sense, the, the world is trying to, to push us out. But I want to challenge you, there where you are at your house, start reaching out to your neighbor. Start speaking about the goodness of God. Start reading the word and um, apply the word as of immediate effect in your household. Trust the Lord so that it will, he will prove himself to be faithful in our midst, in your midst. So that you will declare, as David said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But they had a strong conviction that, that God was with us, Emmanuel. And that is where we are at this season, is we are so aware of the Holy Spirit that's with us, but we are also so relying on the Holy Spirit. Um, just in our house, we've, we've worked through some certain insecurities and some, some hurts and um, disappointments. If we speak about these last days, it, it brings to our hearts a bit of a challenge that, that says to us, man, Lord, are we going to be okay? What do we do with our young children? How will we make it financially? How will we be, be able to buy? How will we do all these things and still be, um, be, be relevant? And um, maybe I must give my, let's give Carly the mic and just see. Um, just share with us some of your experiences. Or um, I think for me, if something is new, it's something you don't know what's going to happen for me. I mean, if I heard about the vac vaccination now and if you hear all the prophet, prof uh, prophetic words about now, and then sometimes you feel fear. I mean, that things go, I mean, we flesh. We're still flesh. We're not just spirit. And um, I think um, sometimes I would just cry. The whole time I would just cry and I said, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me what must I do. Give me the first step. What must I do? And um, then my husband said, no, everything will be all right. I said, yeah, I know the word of God, but I need to know. I need the blueprint. And I mean, most of us want the blueprint to know what's going to happen. Okay, what's going to happen the next week? And I think because I have four children is that, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to protect them in this situation with everything? What I'm going to say to the people um, if they ask me a, a lot of questions, sometimes I say, okay, Lord, they're going to ask me a question. What must I answer back? No, I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. All I can say is believe in the word. And yes, um, um, my husband um, just sort of, um, said to me this morning, I was starting to listen to a worship song again. And I was talking to Armand, I mean, to you this morning. And the one word or the one sentence about the song is say, thank you, Lord, that you never lied to me. And that I can work on because the word stays the same. And that's for me the one thing I can go back to. I can never go back to what the devil have done. But the thing what my husband also says that we went through miracles. I've seen miracles. And I still believe in that because we went through that. And the, um, the Lord gave me even scripture this morning about Proverbs 2, where he says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God, for the Lord, Lord gives you wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is shield to those who walk in integrity. 
guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints, then you understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. And that's what I can even, how can I, what's the word? Just to encourage you to say, yeah, believe in the word. That's the only thing we can stand on, mm. not in your own wisdom. Um, just to connect to what you said, um, you've basically answered also in a nutshell what we as Christians can do, um, how we can stand fast in the word in Proverbs 2. Um, but I've got a, f a couple of friends that regularly ask me, what do they do to console the unsaved? People that don't know Jesus, they, they know God exists and they have a Christian life in, in the in the general sense of the word but they really don't don't know god as such that they can stand on the word like like a a really um spirit-filled christian can so what can we um tell those people that they can do to console their their friends and their relatives to actually get them into the kingdom but without doing it with fear so that is my question uh what can we do because if, they, if they're not so spirit-filled, they're not going to um, stand on the word necessarily. How can we reach them and pull them into the kingdom um, without leaving fear in their hearts? Okay. Um, let me... If you count it. Uh, Leone, okay, so let me understand the question right. You've got friends that... That's, um, that's newly saved Christians, and they want to know how to lead them. Are they afraid of the virus of coming close to people? Or, or no, they're just unsure with the times, what, what's going on now. Um, uh, yeah. they, they, they can't stand fast like, like a, a, a Christian that's journeyed a long time with the Lord on um, God came through for us last week, or God came through, us, um, through for us last month. They, they don't have... A substance like that to hold on to um, how can the we console them okay I understand the the term gospel means the good news of God and for ooh, it's the good news of God that led us to repentance it's the fact that Jesus came and died for sinners and you don't need to quote the whole Bible to, to, to reach out to people and to get them saved. You need to, be, to say, Lord, I want to see my family come in. I want to see my loved ones come in. And all the more with this whole pandemic, I spoke to doctors yesterday that said to me, Matthias, this is so bad in the hospitals. People are dying. They are dying in lines. And for the first time, I can really say, well, okay, right. It seems to me that this thing, at, at first, it just looked to me as a big joke. But now... As I speak to a lot of people, it seems that there's really a, a strain of this virus that's busy killing people. And that must make the church more proactive to say, listen here, there's one thing that they can't do. They can't take our spirit. This, the, the, this thing has nothing on us. Paul writes and it says, for me to, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And in that sense, we need to leave the fear of, um, of dying and say, Lord, well, how can we reach out? I don't say you need to be stupid. I just say, you have to be willing to say, Lord, how will we get the lost saved at any cost? How can we preach? And that was always the, the, the message of the gospel, is how we had the Savior that laid down His life, and that became the example to the church that we are also willing 
to lay our lives down, that we are also willing to get ourselves in harm's way so that we will be able to preach. None of us are going to live in, in this world forever. So in a certain fact, I, I would say for those people, is man, first get to a place, start speaking, let your love burn. But when a fire starts burning, and especially people that's newly saved, if they had an experience of the Holy Spirit, nothing can contain that fire. Nothing can stop them from speaking. They will declare. There's no fear in a person that got saved. And I want to tell you the effectiveness with a person that just got saved is like a small snake that just got birthed. It's, this, it's, in, it's, it's, it's a poison. It's just as effective as a big snake's poison. Um, some say even it's, it's, it's more, uh, more potent. Yeah. So in, in a sense, I want to just encourage them to say, listen here, step out, speak. Use the opportunity at any cost, speak to the lost and tell them about the goodness of God. Any Renee? Yes, you actually said what I wanted to say now. Um, I think if you really want to encourage somebody, take them and let them lead people to Christ. I think there is nothing as encouraging, nothing as, nothing builds you up better than actually experiencing that. And I really think we got to a time, especially now, everybody's talking about the end times. When, when it's end time, then surely we must actually start having an urgency in us to actually lead people to Christ. Not true. So I think that is the way to go. You know, this is it. Let's go all the way. Yeah. I think that, that, that's what I will suggest. You know, take them with you somewhere. Try and take them to hospital if we, are, if we can go to hospital. Uh, but, but, but really get them to start leading people to Christ and that will, it actually makes a huge difference. Amen. I think for this session, I'm going to conclude and um, in a, I, I want to conclude, Renee, where, where, where you left or, or left us. Um, in this season that we are in, I want to challenge you at your homes to specifically go out, spend time with the Lord in Scripture, in prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to move in your heart and that the Holy Spirit will show you individuals. Remember, in a lost and dying world, people that don't have Jesus are fearful. They're fearful of, of death. They're fearful of tomorrow. And yes, in a certain sense, I've spoken to many people in church that they, they told me, Pastor, I don't want to die. I don't want to, I'm not ready to, to die now. I don't want to become sick. And just remember that Jesus was tempted in any sense. Jesus sat at, at, in, the, in the garden of Get, Gethsemane and he said, Lord, if there's any way that this cup can pass me, then please let it pass me. He, he said, Lord, if there's any way that I can, we can go about doing this business without me being laying down my life and killing myself if we can send an angel if we can pay it with gold if we can do anything else and then he, but still not my will lord let your will be done and i think that's the main theme for the season that we're in lord let your will be done lord come and do it father whatever you are doing because all things work out for those who love him you should not fear as a Christian. And when fear comes to your heart, you need to take it as a sacrifice. Not only the good things, the bad things. Take it as a sacrifice in front of God and say, Lord, I commit my heart to you. Lord, I ask, deal with this insecurity. Help me. And in a sense, you will experience that the Holy Spirit who is our comforter, 
He's the one that comforts us in the idea of what God does, will comfort you in this season and lead you concerning all things, not only about the good things, about the bad things. But it's also a season where you should say, Lord, help me to deal with my stinking thinking. Help me to deal with things that, that, had, that was keeping me in the, in, almost on the back foot. Deal with those things that, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to deal with. Because I really believe that Jesus is coming back for, for a bride that is willing to say, Lord, we, 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 we want you. We yearn for you. And this is the time. Church, I, I, I want to just encourage you. God's really going to do something so unique in your family in this season. And even though we might feel far from one another, please send us your, your request. Send us your prayer request. Send us what, what is happening. Tell us what is happening in your midst. Uh, ask questions, send us appropriate questions that we can handle in, in sessions like this. And then more than that, as in this, in this forthcoming time, we want to um, deal with things uh, that's very relevant. Uh, we want to get a few doctors on the stage. We want to speak with a few family members, people that are broken, uh, um, people that, that's gone through some, some extent of loss, people that's, that's experienced a bit of uh, tribulation, and then we want to address things like the Antichrist, the vaccine. Should we take the vaccine? Should we go as we enter these last days? How would things look? Um, but for today, let's just conclude in prayer. Father, Lord, we bless everyone that's listened to us today. Holy Spirit, may you lead them concerning all things. May your word uplift them. May your word establish them. And may they feel strengthened by knowing that Christ is with them the hope of all glory. Thank you, Lord, that we are not left forsaken as orphans, but that your word promised that you will send us the, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, in this season. We call on you, Holy Spirit, and we ask for a clear picture so that your word will guide us concerning all things. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.